those of you who don't know me, my name is Nina, and I'm married to Josh, who leads this church plant. And I don't normally get, well, I don't normally do this, but today I have the privilege of talking and sharing a story from Acts. Acts, for those of you who don't know, Acts is a book in the Bible, so the Bible is divided up in, into two parts. The first part is when Jesus, before Jesus was born, which we call the Old Testament. And then the second part is what after Jesus was born, which we call uh, the New Testament. And Acts, which I'm going to be reading from, is found in the New Testament. And it's written by a doctor called Luke. And he wrote it about sort of 70 years after Jesus was born. And it is a history book. So it's basically recordings, writing about a group of people uh, who'd started to follow a man called Jesus. And he's basically written down an account of what they were doing, the challenges they were facing, and so on. So, I'm going to read from Acts 8, but I'm going to start by reading from chapter 8, so just to give you a little uh, introduction of what has happened so far. Yeah, that's good. Uh, is that, I was just thinking, <laughs> that was the same, uh, is that the early church, as we would call them, a group of people who follow this man called Jesus, the early church were actually going through quite a tough time. Uh, there was a man called Saul uh, who was really going after them. He was persecuting them, he was putting them into prison, uh, killing them. And the believers were scattered, they were all over the land. And Philip, who was one of the men who was or, you know, a disciple following Jesus, he was actually on the road, which is where we find him. And he was travelling between Jerusalem and Gaza towards Egypt. And that, here, he meets a man. And as I read this story, you will find that this man has many titles. So what I gather from that is that he is a very powerful man. He is a man of importance. Mm. Uh, and he is reading from a book called Isaiah in the Old Testament, from before Jesus was born. And we're going to read. Uh, if you want to read up on here, that's absolutely fine. If you want to listen to me, or if you want to read yourself, you're free. Uh, so chapter 8... And then uh, verse 26 to 38. So it's going to have a go again. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his, life's take, for his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? And Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, 
a sea, here's water, what prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, uh, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Okay? So, basically what we have here is we have Philip meeting a man, a powerful man. You know, he's a man of importance, he's serving the queen. And uh, this man is reading from Isaiah. I'm not really sure what he's reading at the start. And Philip is beginning to explain to him about this man called Jesus. And there's something that clicks. There's obviously a life change that takes place here. Because this influential, powerful man decides to stop the chariot and say, look, there's this water here. Why can't I get baptized straight away? Why can't I get into the water? Why can't I start to follow Jesus straight away? There's obviously a life change. Uh, so what I want to look at over the next sort of 10 minutes is to see basically who is this man called Jesus. Obviously he's caused this eunuch, this Ethiopian, this royal servant to go down into the water and to follow, to want to follow him. Mm. And I want to look at why that is. Mm. So the first question is, who is Jesus? If you, if you have a look, most historians will agree that Jesus has lived that he's walked here on earth, that he was born 2,000 years ago. Uh, they, he was fully human, uh, so he, you know, he ate, he drank, he went to the toilet, he had emotions, he had a family, and uh, he, he, was, he was alive and living here on earth. That's what most um, historians would agree on. Some would say that he was a very nice man. Others would say that he is a religious teacher. But... My question is, why are we still then talking about Jesus today? Because there are plenty of nice people around. There's plenty of good teachers. But yet, I'm going to stand here today and talk about Jesus. And that is happening all over the world. And I just wonder, why is, why is Jesus so important? Um, we're going to have a look and see what the Bible says about Jesus. Uh, and Jesus in the Bible, made some pretty big claims. And if these claims are, if they are true, they make all the difference. Mm. You know, he claimed that he was God. That's why he was killed. He was murdered on the cross. Uh, and, and we can read in uh, John, which is before Acts, uh, we can read from John 14, verse 6, Jesus is saying, I am the way, and the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, he's saying some strong things, Jesus. Mm. And actually what he's saying here, he's saying, I'm the only way to God. Mm. I am the truth. You know, he's saying a lot of, of, of things about himself. No one will come to God without Jesus. So what does it actually mean? Well, I think it's, it's as simple as this, that us as human beings, even if we try to be very good, you know, we work our very, very best, we will at some point not be so good. You know, it's, I certainly sometimes lose my, I get, you, you know, tired, you, you get angry, you may get a little bit jealous, greedy. We are basically messed up, even though we are all, you know, working and trying to be our very best. And we cannot uh, get into the Father's presence. We cannot get to God on our own. It's just no way. We can't meet up to God's standards. We can never be holy God because we're not there's no way to the father on our own and what Jesus is saying 
is he saying that he is the way to the Father? Mm. We're going to have a look at a short video clip um, yeah, uh, that actually explains this quite well. It's through Jesus the Son that we have access to God the Father. A young soldier fighting for the Union Army in the American Civil War lost both his father and his brother in the fighting. He needed to return to his family's home and help his sister and elderly mother with the spring planting on their farm. And so he went to Washington DC to ask the president for exemption from military service. When he arrived in Washington, he walked straight up to the doors of the White House and asked to speak directly with the president. A young official standing guard told him, you can't see the president. The president's far too busy to see you. Get back out there and fight like you're supposed to. So the young soldier left the White House, not knowing how he would break the bad news to his family. As he was sitting on a nearby park bench, a young boy came up to him and said, why are you so unhappy? Well, what's wrong? The soldier looked at the boy and began to pour out his heart. He told the child that since his father and brother had been killed, he was the only man left in his family. He was desperately needed back at the farm, and the only person who could make it possible was the president himself. The little boy said simply, come with me. Taking him by the hand, the boy led the soldier back around to the White House. They walked through the back door, past the guards, past the generals, past the high-ranking government officials, until they got to the president's office. The little boy didn't even knock on the door. He just opened it and walked in. There, standing behind the desk, studying battle plans with the Secretary of State, was President Abraham Lincoln. The President looked up and said, Oh, what can I do for you, Tad? The little boy replied, Dad, this man needs to talk to you. Our Father. He's inviting us to share in the relationship he has. Right, so... I just think that uh, video is very helpful because it shows us that Jesus brings us into the Father's house, that he is the way to God. Uh, but there's a difference because in this video, we obviously we see that uh, the little boy, the son, takes him by the hand and they have a, you know, a run into the White House. Actually, what the Bible says is how Jesus gets us into the Father's house, how Jesus gets us to, to God is by dying on the cross. Uh, which is pretty different to just having a nice walk, that he, just like uh, the eunuch was reading in Isaiah, that Jesus was led to the cross, that Jesus was murdered on that cross to basically take our punishment. That's what the Bible is saying. So that we, when we, God looks at us, that we can be completely free, that we can be completely clean, that basically we are acceptable to walk into the Father's house, that we are as acceptable as Jesus. Um, and, and that is, is pretty amazing. And that is how uh, we get into the Father's house, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that he took our punishment. Um, and to finish, is, uh, I just want to uh, bring a question to you, and that is, who do you think Jesus is? Who do you think he is? Is he, you know, there's loads of opinions. And I'm just going to share one opinion that C.S. Lewis, uh, which is an author, his opinion about who he thinks that Jesus is. But just to begin to think about, actually, who do you say Jesus is? 
So this is what C.S. Lewis is saying. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. Uh, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else, <laughs> yeah, he's also a strong talker, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronising nonsense about his, be his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Uh, so to finish, I just want to leave, you know, sort of raise that question. Who do you think Jesus is? Do you think that he was alive? That he was walking here on earth 2,000 years ago, but that's it, he's dead now? Do you think that he maybe is a lunatic? Actually, he was there basically leading people the wrong way. Is he a madman? Is he someone that was just a religious good teacher, but that's it? Or do you think, actually, he is, what the Bible says he is, that he is the son of God? I think life is full of questions, and there are, you know, some very good questions around. As a teacher, I ask questions all day long, and I answer questions all day long. And some of the questions are very good. I would say, without, <laughs> not all, <laughs> I would say, uh, without a doubt, this is the most important question that you will ever answer. Because if it is true, if Jesus is the Son of God, if he is who he says he is, and that he is alive today, it makes it will turn your life upside down. Just like what Wendy, I remember what she was saying, it's just so different. It's just turn my, you know, I can't remember your exact words, but basically it's turned her life upside down. And that is what Jesus does. He turns, he just changes things around. So that is how, what I want to say to you. Make a choice. Have a think. Who do you think Jesus is? Is he what the Bible says he is? And today, uh, we are going to be celebrating in a minute. We're all going to go in there. Uh, we're going to be celebrating four people who have already made up their mind about who they say Jesus is. They're going to declare that he is God. And we're going to be baptizing them. You know, we saw in, uh, earlier on in, uh, when we were reading Acts, as the eunuch, as the Ethiopian man, as he met Jesus, he was like, there's water there, why can't I just do this straight away? So if you haven't been baptised and you believe that Jesus is God, there's water there, there's nothing stopping you. <laughs> okay? um, so, and this, it, this is so, as Chloe was saying at the beginning, this is so amazing. You know, this happened 2,000 years ago and it's happening in this school today. We're going to be baptising people uh, because they are declaring that Jesus is Lord. Um, so perhaps uh, you have never made a commitment to Jesus. You've never said, I believe that he is Lord. Perhaps this is your moment. Okay? It doesn't get any, any better than this. Uh, maybe you think, you know, I believe what the Bible says. I believe that he is 
the Son of God. I believe that He is God. And if you do believe that, and if you have, have um, if you do believe that, then I'm just going to finish by doing a prayer. And if you want to make that commitment, just I would just encourage you to quietly do that prayer. And uh, then we're going to go in, and we're going to celebrate for people declaring that Jesus is Lord. Mm. So I'm just going to finish by praying. And if you feel that this is your moment, then take it. Yes, Jesus, I thank you that you are here. Jesus, we, uh, I just want to declare this morning that you are God. Jesus, I believe that you died on that cross for me and that you rose again and that you are alive today. Jesus, I just want to welcome you in, into my life. I want to say you are God, you are Lord, and I just want you to be part of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I will hand over to Josh, but as I said, the time is now. If you feel that you haven't been baptized but you want to, then speak to Josh and if